All right, listeners, welcome to uh, episode seven, season three. I'm, uh, I'm, of course, joined with my host, uh, Joseph Cooper. That's me. Actually, that's not me. That's not my name. Taylor Joe Cooper, but... We, we, get get, we, we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. You know, you can't you can't go back and forth, man. You can't pick up a na- you can't pick a name that has nothing to do with your underlying name. Well, and then there, and then flip flop. Well, there's tons of people that have names. Have you ever have you ever met a person with a name like I've met like a person John? with a name. <laughs> well, I would hope that you've met people with names. How like it's like it's like John. But then, then someone would be like, oh, like, what's up, Jonathan? Or like, assume that their name is Jonathan. Have you ever met a person with a shortened name that didn't actually hold the long name? I, I don't know if I understand what, you, what, you're, what you're saying is somebody is named not Jonathan, but then goes Go by like, John. Like, no, that's like their name. Their name is John. Like, if your name was just Will, and if someone was like, what's up, William? You'd be like, that's not my name. Because yeah. it's legally not your name. But like, your name is only Will. You could understand how that is a significant yeah. difference than, than Taylor Cooper. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But when you say Joseph versus Joe. Oh, yeah. No, no, know, no I agree. It, it, it shows. I think there's a difference. I'm just or saying you got to own it, man. you got to own it. No, I get it. I get it. In fact, like, in, in my, uh, I think it was like my sophomore or junior year in the program for football, it said Joseph Cooper, which I just thought was... And my mom did too. That was just hilarious because that's yeah. not my name. It's like not even like what I go by. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I like the formalization. The I like the formalization the of Joseph. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, so Joe, why don't you uh, why don't you tell the listeners where you're you're gonna end up next year? Well, Willie, I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna be going back to the hills of Tennessee and uh, trying to find a job out there. Um, I think I just barely wiggled through my last couple of finals, and hopefully I'll uh, receive a diploma. So right now it's just kind of getting in the job hunt, and um, you know, hoping hoping to get some prospects. Hoping maybe some of our listeners uh, extend all the way out to Nashville or Knoxville, Tennessee. What about you? I heard you're uh, seeking your LOM. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, something about three years of law school. Just didn't just wasn't enough. Much. wasn't wasn't enough, man. I, I wanted mm-hmm. an extra year, so. Yeah, I'll be heading up to uh, Chi-Town next year to get my LLM in Chicago. Um, Northwestern, correct? Northwestern, yeah. Yep, uh, shameless plug. Thank you, Joe. Uh, So, uh, Well, you know, you never know when they're hiring, if they're hiring or not. Yeah, man. uh, Groundsman? Uh, Writing professor. I could do that. Come on. Maybe you're right. So... Listeners, today we're going to just kind of have a wrap-up episode. We're going to bring on Carson Garand, uh, the Volume 78 Editor-in-Chief. We're all gonna, also going to bring on uh, Catherine Briley, who is the incoming online editor and host of the Season 4 of the Legal Ease podcast. Um, and uh, we're very excited to have them both on. Um, Joe, i got to say, man, I think, I think your job prospects might grow significantly after, after this episode. Just saying. I, I think so as well. I mean, I've been bringing out the, the great content, you know. Just imagine what I can do for the firm. Imagine. I mean. Imagine. And, and what if they, you know, firm podcast? And imagine. You guys like chocolate as much as I like chocolate? Well, we've gone over this, man. You can't have the chocolate around the recording equipment. It just messes well, everything up. That's just an individual office policy. If somebody else wants to, you know. 
It is, it is not an individual office policy. It is a, it is a policy among all offices. It's a, not it's, it's, it's a, it's a norm, as I would say. Yeah. All right, Carson, Garen in the studio today. Carson, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be back. How, how's that uh, Popeye's biscuit? It's delicious. It's hitting the spot. I was working on issue four all morning and I uh, haven't had a chance to get some lunch yet. So this is this has tied me over for now. I appreciate it. Now you guys are just about done with issue four, right? Yeah, we just did our final review of, of all issue four articles. Uh, it's going to be sent to the publisher today and hopefully be uh, be out in about a month or so. Well, right. back to, well, back to what the listeners really want to hear about. Popeye's biscuits. My favorite thing about them is how buttery they are. It's actually it's, not butter. I hear it's lard. Okay, moving on. The buttery taste of it, it just, it's, just, it's, it, it's, it's like good. eating, it's like if you took like yeah, again, a literal piece of butter and just turned it into like, it's not, it's, wave the magic wand. It's not butter, man. It's, it's lard. I mean, but what is butter and lard? They're just congealed fats, whatever. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I got no problem with lard. I'm just saying, you know, the call more, it like you see it. The more butter, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I think they call them in science terms polysaccharides, or it's something like that. I don't remember. Uh, we don't do science here. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I've never done science and anywhere. So, I actually used to be a chemistry major. Yeah, used to be. And here you Keyword, are. Keyword used to be. Yep, used to be. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we saw all how, all how the that turned out. So Carson, yeah, about the. Uh, you want to go over a little bit about the symposium, what we did this year, and you know, just some other highlights of the Louisiana Law Review. Sure. Yeah. Um, the starting off the symposium was a was a great event this year put on by our articles editors Colton Acosta and Sarah Nickel. Um, it was about the Fourteenth Amendment. It's the hundred fiftieth anniversary since the Fourteenth Amendment was was added to the Constitution, um, and so we got speakers from all over the country to come and discuss this. Uh, and it was really cool because we had uh, we didn't just have legal experts there. We had histor- historians. We had sociologists there. I mean, we had then of course we had legal experts there as well. But to talk about you know where the the Fourteenth Amendment was when it began, why it was originally enacted, uh, and then also to discuss how it's progressed throughout the years and where it's going to go in the future. And so, Fourteenth Amendment, of course, is is very important to our legal system, and uh, it was a it was a great event, had a great turnout, and um, you know, very very happy about our with our articles editors and, and the the thing they put on the symposium they put on. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah, building off of that, uh, so the symposium was an amazing thing. Also this year, we had, uh, we had some pretty outstanding articles, both student-ridden and, uh, and by professors and, and uh, members of the legal community. Um, one of them I know that you have very uh, strong feelings toward is the Arthur Miller article that is published that you guys will now be sending to every federal judge in the country and appellate judges and uh, Supreme Court judges, justices. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I think uh, as a board we're, we're most proud of. Arthur Miller, who is uh, currently a professor at NYU, he was at Harvard for a while. I'm really a, a, a giant in the legal community nationally here in the United States. Um, he wrote an article uh, with the Louisiana Law Review, um, really just kind of evaluating the state of federal civil procedure in the United States. He kind of 
um, he kind of gave his opinion on, on where it was and, and how it's progressed throughout the years and, and kind of some of the deficiencies and, and worries that he has right now with the federal civil procedure uh, system. Um, you know, he, he looked at what the, what the goals of the federal civil, what the goals of federal civil procedure are and whether or not the cur current practices meet those traditional goals. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a great article uh, yeah, and, we, and we're, we're so excited to be able to send it to every federal judge uh, in the country. Um, you know, every judge will be getting, or every court of appeals judge and Supreme Court justice will be getting a hard copy of it. And then uh, a PDF will be sent to all of the district court judges. Uh, and so again, um, the Louisiana Law Review's name will be in front of every federal judge in the country, which is a, a, a great thing for the Louisiana Law Review, of course. So, Carson, why don't you tell us about your plans going forward uh, after law school, of course. Uh, I'm assuming you're planning to take the Louisiana Bar. Yeah, I'm going to take the Louisiana Bar here in July. Uh, it's been a, a great ride in law school. I've, I've loved it. It's, it's had, some, had its up and ups and downs, of course, but it's, uh, it's been a, a great three years. But yeah, I'm going to take the Louisiana Bar and then hopefully practice here in Louisiana. Now, I know both your parents are professors at the uh, main campus of LSU. Would you... Uh, you know, it kind of sounds, Professor Garand has a nice <laughs> connotation to it. Would you ever consider coming back to the Law Center to teach a class? I would consider it. Um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed my time here a ton, uh, and I think it would be, it'd be great to be able to give back as a professor and, and work with the, the new uh, legal scholars here in Louisiana. So, the, I mean, I think it'd be a, a great opportunity, and I certainly would keep that, that open. Well, whenever you become the dean of our law school, don't don't forget me. Okay? Oh, John, coming for you. You're going to be my right hand man. Awesome, good, good to know. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say, man, it was a real pleasure to work with you. The way you um, you dealt with people this year just says a lot about your character and also about how uh, how you are. You know, the values that you have as a person. You just seem to be, you know. Always open door, always willing to chat about anything and, uh, and, and pick my brain about ideas that I had. So I really appreciated that. Well, I appreciate it. I've been uh, very lucky and blessed to work with a, a great group, um, you know, from the board to the senior associates to the junior associates. Um, it, it takes a, a complete village to, to do what the Law Review does on a, on a yearly basis. And um, I couldn't have done it without it. Y'all have made it easy and, and a pleasure. So it's, it's been a, a great experience being the editor-in-chief of this organization. But uh, all the credit, of course, goes to you guys. It's been a joy working with you all. So going forward, what, uh, what are uh, some of your, your goals with how you would like to see changes made to the law review, if any, um, you know, whether it's by this board or f in, in the future? Well, one of the main things that uh, I've talked to the next editor-in-chief, MJ Hernandez, about uh, is, is kind of building up the Law Review's banquet to being a little more than it is now. Uh, right now, it's, it's kind of a just with the, the Law Review personnel, the students, the faculty. Um, one of the things that I think I would, I would like to see, and, and I've talked with MJ about, is, getting, is, is expanding the reach of the banquet so that it, uh, it incorporates the legal community a little bit better. Um, you know, the Louisiana Law Review, of course, is to help the legal community here in Louisiana. So one of the things that hopefully MJ and, and future boards are able to do, if, if they think that it's the right move as well, um, is to get law firms and judges and other, other legal scholars involved in the banquet. Um, so to not only celebrate the, the accomplishments of the Louisiana Law Review with the Law Review personnel, but also those who the Law Review is supposed to serve. 
Um, and so I know that's something MJ has, has been thinking about and, and talking to some, um, some people on his board about. And so hopefully that's something he's able to do. I think that would be a, a great move and, and certainly would increase the reputation of the law review. Um, other than that, you know, hopefully continue to be at the forefront of legal scholarship here in Louisiana. Uh, addressing civil law and Louisiana-specific topics uh, is always a great thing. And then really just whatever's going on in the legal community in, in the United States um, and, and abroad as, as it pertains to um, Louisiana. I think having articles um, and, and issues dedicated to those problems and, and things that arise in Louisiana is, is always great. And I, I know MJ and, and that group and, and future boards will do that. So just really looking forward to seeing what, what everyone will do. Yeah, I... Uh... You know, I was reminded the other day that, you know, how how fast this period of time happened because I was walking into the law library to study for my last exam in law school and some guy was sitting at the computer and he looked at me and he said, it was Friday afternoon, I had a Saturday exam, and he looked at me and he said, hey man, did you print off this packet yet? And I was like, Wow. This is a guy who just walked out of his last, this is a 1L who just walked out of his last exam on a Friday afternoon, and the first thing he's doing is going to print the packet out in, in, the, in the law center. I really wanted to take him, I wanted to grab him, and just be like, look man, you need to give yourself the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Go home. Sleep. Go out, to, go out to Fred's tonight, go to Earl's tomorrow night, and then on Monday, come back here and grab this packet. But I didn't do that. I told him, I said, I don't know. <laughs> so he gave me like not even not not even like hey I'm a three L just like I don't know volume seventy eight board members yeah. are always so helpful to the so helpful. law community I, you know of course I think that speaks to Willie your youthful appearance you know that you yeah, look like really. a one L here I mean you should take that as a compliment of course but um, yeah you know that's it's rough it's been a it's been a fast three years it seems like just the other other day we were we were doing our own ride on competition and. And now here we are, we're about to graduate and, and go out into the real world. So I still remember getting that phone call in France. I was like, I was like, thanks. Like I really appreciate this, but I have to get off the phone. Like you are costing me like two dollars a minute. <laughs> well, it's so fascinating to me because Joe got his phone call in France. I got my phone call in France. And and Carson, you also got your phone call in France. All of us were studying abroad through LSU's uh, Lyon study abroad program and uh, all became members of the Louisiana Law Review. I guess we're now officially yeah, we're, we're members. Yeah, we're members now yeah. after the banquet, which is awesome and a huge honor, of course. But yeah, it was cool to be able to, to do that in, in France. Of course, originally none of us knew who got um, accepted onto a journal and, and who got that invitation. But it was really, it was a great experience to be in France and, and kind of hear about our, our classmates and colleagues and, and their success in getting on a journal, which of mm. course is a, a great honor, of course, in, in the um, law school community. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, a, it was a blast. And it was a lot of us who were over there who, you know, it's probably 10 people on, on our law review. Yeah, we had Willis. Us. Us. Mm, I'm sure I could think of Jackie. Someone. Jackie, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace. Yeah, man. I mean, the list goes goes pretty long. It's pretty. There were a lot of us. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, it it has been uh it's been an interesting last couple of years. It's interesting to me because next year I'm gonna go and I actually I'm gonna be uh, part of my Northwestern. Part of going to Northwestern is I'll be editing their tax lawyer, the ABA tax lawyer. And uh, not to plug myself, but this has a point. I was, 
one of the things they told me, uh, they're like, oh yeah, you'll be doing Source Insight. And I'm gonna be like, oh, so it's like, I went all the way up to being a board member of a law review, and now right I'm like, at the bottom. right back at the bottom, doing Source Insight like a, uh, like a second year junior associate. I'm like, this, this uh, and, and worse comes worse, more likely than not, I'll, I'll be an attorney when this is happening. So if I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to get barred, so. Doing, doing sources and citations, and of course, one of the most important parts of legal scholarship is, is doing that work, but it's meticulous and monotonous and oh, it's yeah. just not, not the, the funnest way to spend your time. And it, it really is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you have to have, you know, it, you have to have things that are well, well researched and you have to make sure the sources are proper. And if you mm -hmm. don't, I mean, it's, it, uh, it really calls into question the, sure. the quality of the, the periodical. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People ask all the time, like, oh, this is dumb. Like, why do we have to do this? Like, it, you don't understand, man. If you don't have the, the, the context or the backing that you're trying to cite, I mean, your, your word is as good as garbage. Yeah. You, know? you, you really need to support all of those assertions mm -hmm. with the proper citation. So I know you'll, you'll enjoy doing that as an attorney and in your LLM program next year, but you know, it, it really is a, a, an incredibly important part to that process. It is. And, and the other thing is, I mean, you learn so much while you're doing it. I mean, not as much about the blue book because I'm pretty, I'm pretty like good on that now. But when you're sitting there having to read sites, you learn about the underlying material in, in, a, in a new way that's really quite fascinating. Did, so. Do we, do we all have like Stockholm syndrome to the blue book now or something like, we're just like no, he's a really good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I get Katie Herbert in here and, and I think she would attest to that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Katie, uh, Katie, she eats, sleeps and drinks blue book all day, every day. Yeah. That's a, uh, I, I just imagine her at Jones Walker next year in uh, Baton Rouge being the like, no, 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 that's not properly blue book. <laughs> Well, oh, I told her in practice, if she ever sees something that I do, I, I can't hear from her because she's going to look at the blue books and the citations and be like, Carson, this isn't right. I taught you better than this. What are you doing? I was like, Katie, you're going to have to keep that to yourself. I don't want to hear anything about it. Right. No, no, no. Seriously. And uh, the, Katie, I know you're not listening, but if you are, <laughs> uh, it goes for me too. Please don't do that. Yeah, I don't think she's going to have a problem with that for me. But I've, I've actually done it. Like, I remember, like, my first year on the Law Review, you know, you, you learn so much about the blue book and it just sticks with you so hard. And then, like, going out to go clerk for somebody that, you know, it cite like, things are cited, but not necessarily, like, to the exactness that the blue book or wants you to. So I remember just, like, being, like, the first couple weeks as, like, a law clerk, just, like, making small little things and be like, bringing it up to the boss and be like, what is all this? It's like, well, you didn't, like, cite correctly. He's like... Hey, Teresa, we've been doing this wrong the whole time. <laughs> no, anytime I see something that's incorrect now, I have to, like, I can't help myself. I have to fix yeah, it. So, yeah. No, I, I get you on that. Yeah. Um, well, Carson, uh, thank you so much, man. I mean, you know, you were here with us on the first episode telling us about, you know, your mother's fine cooking and how, how you like to ball out on the court. And now mm -hmm. uh, it only seems fitting that, that you would uh, be with us on our, on our last episode as well and uh, in a much better position than you were on our first episode. Guys, I appreciate y'all having me again. Uh, huge congratulations to y'all on everything that y'all did with the podcast this year. It's been a pleasure listening to, to every episode, and uh, I know y'all spent a lot of time and effort on it. So, you know, huge thank you and a huge congratulations uh, to all the work that y'all have done and the, and the success you've had. Uh, thanks again for having me on. Thank you, Carson. Thanks, Carson.
right, we have uh, Catherine Briley in the studio. Catherine is the Volume 79 online editor and the incoming host of Season 4's Louisiana Law Review's Legalese podcast. Uh, Catherine, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Willie. Uh, looking forward to taking the mic. Oh, yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, where are you from? Introduce the audience to yourself. Sure. Uh, so... Uh, Louisiana born and bred. Uh, I'm from the unincorporated rural community of Grand Prairie, Louisiana, uh, outside of Ville Platte, Louisiana, you know, just so that if any of the listeners actually know where Ville Platte is on the interstate, they might have an idea of the geographic location of where I'm from. Uh, went to LSU for undergrad, uh, and obviously I'm here at LSU for law school. Very nice. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, I know you're a fan of podcasts. And I know there's some that you really like to listen to. Sure. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of an idea of some of your sources and uh, some of your, your, uh, your insight, your, your, um, maybe your inspirations. Inspirations. Thank yeah. you, Joe. Or aspirations for the show yeah. based on what or you both. have seen okay. through other podcasts. Inspirations and aspirations. Uh, well, I aspire to have a great show. Uh, as far as podcasts I listen to, I started listening to podcasts uh, last summer when I went to, uh, to France um, for the Leon trip that LSU Law does. Um, listened to My Favorite Murder with uh, George Hardstark and Karen Kilgare, sort of a, a comedy true crime podcast. Um, In Our Time with Melvin Bragg uh, from the BBC, uh, which is an educational podcast, and I guess that that is um, sort of my main inspiration for for how the legalese has been going and how I want to, to keep it going straight, um, where you have an individual who might not have a, a large background uh, in the area that they're discussing. Uh, they're surrounded by three people who are experts in the field, uh, and it's just sort of rapid-fire questions till you get a general overview of the topic. Uh, and that's sort of, I guess, what I aspire for the legalese to be, you know? Me getting to sit down with really smart people, ask them my questions, and hopefully come out with a product that will um, entertain our listeners and give them a, a broad overview of some area of the law they might not know about. Well, you said uh, you said you got into podcast when you to France. Uh, is that because, from what I hear, or at least the rumor is that uh, from where you're from, there there is no Wi-Fi. It's not existent. Uh, yes, there is no Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> in the one little dead zone in Louisiana where I live. Uh, and so... It was just a whole new world when I came to Baton Rouge, being able to, to have all these sources of the entertainment modern around. conveniences. Yes, and then I went to France, and I was like, well... Oh, that's when you really got high class. I, I really missed the radio, you know, uh, 100.3 KRRV okay. with Danny White, uh, and I thought, well, what's the nearest I can come to radio? Oh, podcasts, that'll do. Started downloading them, listening to them on the trains, planes, and automobiles I was riding, and it uh, went great for me, and now here I am, living the dream. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say it's a uh, it's been interesting just to talk back and forth with you about your plans and uh and you really like you listen to a lot of podcasts so I think you have a lot of good source material. Um, you're you're currently working on a uh, the the episode right? Is that yeah, yeah. your your first episode? Yes, my first episode uh, will be coming at the listeners this summer. Um, it'll be about space law. Uh, we had two students here at LSU, uh, Paula Maybear Law Center, that are the continental hemispheric, in fact, champions of uh, space law moot court. Uh, so I started talking to them about it, um, and they had a contact with a lawyer who uh, works for NASA up in Washington, D.C., 
uh, sat the three of them down uh, and did a little bit of an interview. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's a, a really interesting topic and um, I'm hoping to have that out soon. So that's, uh, that's so those two students were, were... Max Roberts and uh, Zach Miller. Oh, yeah. awesome. Max actually a senior associate for the Louisiana Law Review. And Zach is on the uh, JELIC, Journal of Energy, and you might have to edit that out. I don't know what it's called. Uh, Journalism of Energy, Law, and Resources, I believe. Okay. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. you, get, you get so many acronyms in school, it's hard to keep up with it's them. It's very yeah. true. There's so many. And, you know, you could call it JELIC. Yeah. 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 So, um, so do you have any, we, we've talked about the podcast and your plans for it, but also, like, uh, for your plans with the website itself, have you thought about any like different changes to the blogs or the uh, you know the social media that we have? Sure, sure. Um, still working on one of my first goals with social media, which is to actually get our our Twitter account verified. Um, Louisiana Law Review, follow it; it's great. Uh, as far as the website goes, one of the things I'm most interested in is uh, querying practitioners to see if they'd be willing to write blog posts. Um, it's something that I've noticed other uh, Law Review websites have been doing and other Law Review blogs do, uh, going beyond just the members of uh, the senior associates of the Law Review to try and get some practitioners and professors to write short pieces. Uh, so I'm hoping to get, get something going there as well. Well, aside from what you've already told us, uh, obviously one of the most important things about the show is the co-host. Sure. As everybody knows. Sure. Um, have you have you picked up a co-host yet? Co-host yet, or do you think maybe that's going to be something that's going to rotate throughout every episode? Or? Yeah. So uh, what I think is interesting is whenever I decided that I wanted to be online editor, and I sort of told people. Uh, a sort of common refrain was, oh, I'd love to be on the podcast. I'd love to be on the podcast. Yep. And so uh, that's, that's something I'm, I'm sort of trying to do is a, a rotating host. That way, uh, if somebody has an area of interest then that they're very passionate about, uh, I figured that is a great jumping off point for episodes. So uh, obviously Max is kind of, Max and Zach are both sort of my co-hosts for episode one. I'm going to be working with Justin DeChera on a Shakespeare in the Law podcast coming up. Um, and so I'm hoping to just sort of have a, a rotating field of co-hosts who sort of um, get us through passionate topics that they want to talk about. Yeah, I remember Willie said he wanted to do the same thing, but once he ran into me, he was like, ah, this guy knows everything. So. Yeah, you know, he didn't have any other options. I, I literally, uh, you know, I, you chose me, Joe. It wasn't as much as I chose this position. Uh, I don't know. It's you chose me. Would you say that Joe had you at hello? I would say that, that Joe indeed did have me at hello in a Jerry Maguire sense of the word. You guys obviously can't see, and thank God because I'm blushing over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a cherry tomato over there. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, like a cherry tomato from the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains and Appalachian, Appalachian Mountains. Either way works. Um, so uh, I have an idea, and I just wanted to pitch this to you. Now, I know you have a background in trivia. Oh, I do. And uh, it's, it's fairly extensive. Have you thought about incorporating a trivia aspect into the podcast? And maybe tell us about your background oh. and uh, tell us if you have any thoughts about that. I feel like you're angling for something very specific. Uh, when I was in high school, I was on the television show Jeopardy. Um, I was a teenager. It was the Jeopardy teen tournament. It was a wonderful experience that has provided me with a fun fact that will never go away. 
Um, I think that's an interesting idea. You know, uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, your weekly constitutional, um, about constitutional law, a uh, great podcast, um, they, whenever they have time for an additional segment, they will toss in sort of a constitutional trivia. Uh, and I think that that wouldn't be a, a bad thing to do, you know, ask a fun question at the beginning and reveal the answer at the end. I like the idea. I will consider it, Willie. Thank you. I like it. All right. Well, speaking of trivia, uh, mm-hmm. you didn't really know, but we got the speed round going on right now. Oh, here we go. Uh, we got a couple questions. I literally just Googled easy trivia questions. So if you're a trivia <laughs> master, this isn't Jeopardy, but it's still kind of a hot seat. It's so high pressure. Anytime that I, anytime I tell the Jeopardy story, I know that I have set myself up for failure because eventually someone will ask me a question I won't know, and it's just very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But let's do it. Let's see. Okay, here's your, here's your first one. All right. We'll start off with a, a, a pretty easy one. Great. Well, in my what's, what's the category? Uh, this one's going to be geography. U.S. geography. U.S. geography for two hundred dollars. Okay. Which U.S. state has the longest coastline? I feel like it's going to be a trick Ooh, question. Oh, this is a little bit trigger. I just I looked at the answer. It's I a little think, bit trigger. I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer. Well, you can buzz in. What is New Jersey? Buzz in. I'll buzz in. What is Alaska? That's correct. Oh, Alaska. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit, yeah. I was thinking California well, because the whole... I was thinking whole... California, but then I figured it had to incorporate some sort... There had to be a trick to it somewhere. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, was, okay. Bad. It's, it's all right. I mean, I would have missed that one too. I would have said California. Okay. Um, this one's a little bit harder. Oh, God. Which U.S. cities are you flying between if the airport codes on your ticket are ATL and PDX? Atlanta and Philadelphia. Atlanta and Portland. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, PHL's Philadelphia. You see, you're setting me up for failure. Well, it's okay. We'll we'll have to we'll have to try and five uh find a good one. Okay, this here's an easy one. Oh god, here we go. What is the capital city of the U.S. state of Hawaii? Honolulu. Yeah, that actually right. was a question I answered on Jeopardy. What? No yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. What Hon- is Honolulu? Well, did you know that Honolulu is actually the largest city in Hawaii with a population of over one million people? That actually does not surprise me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll uh. Probably the only other comparable city is Hilo. We'll uh we'll give you uh, we'll give you a pretty easy one to finish out. Oh great! What is the biggest bed size called? King. Oh, boom! Buzz it, buzz it! Willie for the steal. What is it? Uh, gonna clarify that as California King. Ooh, I'm gonna have to give it to Willie on That's that one. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> See, I you know you can't know everything, guys. This is I told you it sets you up for failure the rest of your life. You're gonna get trivia questions wrong. Well, I thought you did pretty good on those questions. Yeah, you know, we probably put you on the spot right there. Yeah, but... it's fine. Professor Coon used to do it all the time. Not in class, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before oh, yeah. Class. Oh, yeah. He would, he, would, he would come in and he would say, you know, I have a trivia question. And he'd say it as if it were for the entire class, but he'd be like, look at me dead in the eyes. I did pretty good on his trivia, though. You know. His were fun. His was stuff, oh, I got one. Turn the tables on you guys. All right. Okay. There are two Supreme Court justices currently that have the same first and last initials of major characters in the Harry Potter series. Wait, okay, well, so... You have uh, to name the uh, justice and the character. I have to Wait. Give, I have to give you a little aside. Uh, I never got on the Harry Potter train. Okay. So, um, but, so it's, it's two Supreme Court justices who have names that are similar. No, no, the initials of their names. 
first initial, last initial. Match the first and last initial of two major characters in the Harry Potter universe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got them both. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even tell you he's on the Supreme Court. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like sitting here, I'm like, no. Do you guys want to just bail and let me answer? Yeah, I'm a bail. I'm yeah, right. who, who is it? It is uh, Sonia Sotomayor and Severus Snape. Okay. And Stephen Breyer and Sirius Black. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I will. So. There aren't any other characters that you could... You, nope. you know, he doesn't have a second one that you could hit me with? Uh, well, let's see. Did... Well, okay, how about oh, this? Okay. Are we 100% sure that when Ron... Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, guys. Okay, here we go. When Ron got married to Hermione, what if he took her last name? All right. Ron Granger. Okay. That's possible. Completely possible, too. So that would be Ruth Bader Ruth Ginsburg. Yep, that could be one. Actually, we do... I think we do know canonically that while Hermione did keep her maiden name of Granger, Ron also kept his name of Weasley. Weasley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually uh, was the teaching assistant on a course that I created on Harry Potter and Homer, so mm. um, I really... I know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. yeah How did you get started in that? I mean, obviously you got to be a huge Harry Potter buff, but... Uh, I am. Uh, uh, so I wound up switching my major from bioengineering to classics and history. So I took a classics course, uh, wrote my f my final paper. My professor thought that Harry Potter was only skin deep. You know, he'd refer to things as going beyond the Harry Potter level. Um, and I, you know, was righteously offended at that. I thought that Harry Potter, you know, as something that had gotten me through my childhood, um, was something that I, I thought was, was really deep and certainly had a big impact on my life. Are you still waiting for your letter? No, actually, my <laughs> mom got, you know what, my mom got me one of those framed letters from, like, the WB Studios or something, so I have my letter. Ravenclaw uh, is my house. And uh, so my professor didn't like Harry Potter. I decided to write my final paper on <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, got a good grade on it. The professor uh, shot me an email asking to meet with me and said he had distributed the letter to the part, the paper to the department, um, and wanted to turn it into a special topics course. So I was a uh, teaching assistant for Harry Potter and Homer uh, with the classics department here at LSU. Uh, actually met a really good friend of mine who was going through law school with me, um, and it was a wonderful experience. Well, that's just amazing. You know, you have just such a crazy story, like, on oh, Jeopardy. You know, you helped make a class at LSU, and now you, your next big thing is being the online editor and making this podcast your own. I just keep climbing up and up, you know? Stairway to heaven, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, do you have one, uh, one more trivia question for us? All right. Don't make it too hard. You know, we're we're not we're not as good no, we're not, at all. We're not worthy. <laughs> and we don't mean to put you on the spot. No, no. I mean, I, I completely. It doesn't have to be a legal trivia. Well, she's either. just trying to think of one that's going to be easy for like easy yeah, enough for us to answer. Easy. Please, you know, yeah. you gotta you gotta put it been at the top for so long. Tiny minds right. of us. Right. Um, there is. Let's see. Um, one of the first governors of, I believe, Quebec, one of the first major okay, leaders in France. Oh, no, no, I mean, you know, I, I went, uh, I think, uh, one for four, so I'm going to throw this at you. Uh, one of the first major leaders in early Canadian history uh, shares his name with a... Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
In fact, it is not Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Joe has eliminated Willie, it's all down to you. Shares his name with a popular late night TV host. Uh, can you name that governor? Well, Conan, uh, Conan the Barbarian. It's uh, Stephen Colbert. It is, in fact, Colbert. Well done, Willie Walsh. Your prize is pride in yourself. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Always an acceptable answer, Joe. And that's what we got. Well, Catherine, I gotta say, it's been nothing but a uh, privilege to have you on the show today. Thank and I, I, I'm sure you're just gonna do amazing things next year. Thank so uh, thank you for coming on. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Um, Well, listeners, that brings us to the end of our show. Um, special thanks to Carson and uh, and Catherine for coming on, and especially for Catherine. I, I know she's going to do a fantastic job. She's got some really amazing ideas, and she's incredibly excited about this position and this opportunity and this podcast, and I wish her nothing but the absolute best. Yeah, big ups to Kat Briley and, um, and Carson Garand uh, coming on the show. Uh, Carson was a great editor-in-chief of the Law Review. Kath, I'm really surprised, or not surprised, I'm really excited to see what she's going to be bringing to the podcast next year. And I also want to give a big thanks to, to my co-host, Willie. We did it, man. We did it. We actually, we, it. we have oh, done it, yeah. And a, and a thanks to our predecessors, you know, who really laid the groundwork for us to uh, come on and do this show. It was a great experience, a great time, you know, always something fun to talk about, something interesting. And, you know, you get to learn a little bit more about the legal field or areas of, of the legal... Uh, yeah, no, no. Areas, areas of the law. Areas of the law. I mean, areas of the law every day, so... Yeah, I mean, cannabis, There's labor and employment, we covered... Tax. Yeah. and, and I mean, stuff. And it, it really was an enjoyable also to be able to have some of our guests on and allow them a platform to be able to speak. But I got to say, man, you are nothing but the consummate professional. Coming from your, uh, your lowly days of of chocolate-covered fingers all over the equipment <laughs> to now being like a, like a, a professional. I mean, this is like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I got to say, man, I, you, you surprised me. Hey, man, yeah, you know how I am, dude. I come in, look sloppy, come out 4 dude, all day. Yeah, it's like Pacino and Devil's Advocate. <laughs> you're like, you're like I'm, I'm a surprise. They don't <laughs> see me coming. Yeah, that's pretty much it, dude. You know me, I'm, I'm just like Pacino in every way. Yeah. Oh, it's me, Al Pacino. That's that's really good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I worked on it. I'm glad to hear it. Just for this. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure. And listeners, it's been an incredible pleasure. Please uh, keep an ear out for Catherine's episode, which should be airing sometime this summer. Uh, and uh, that will be her first episode. And uh, nothing but uh, nothing but thanks for allowing me and Joe the opportunity this year to uh, do this. <laughs>